Welcome back, everyone. We are The Three Podcasts. A few months ago, we released an episode where we were talking about cancel culture. That was episode 15, and we were really hitting on that idea of going from calling people out to actually calling people in to have a much broader, wider discussion instead of just shutting down the conversation. And we definitely want to get back to more facets of that discussion. But first, we want to talk more specifically about social media. So tonight, we did something a little bit different. We actually watched the Netflix special, The Social Dilemma, which we have been wanting to watch for a while and just never got around to. So we thought it would be a good way to queue up future episodes. So yeah, let's talk about what we watched tonight. Yeah, so I think it was the first time that I really understood and the one idea that there was this guy, Jaron Lanier, was talking about it. So first he said, if you aren't paying for the product, you are the product. And that's something that I mm-hmm. think we have all heard. But what he said was that that's not exactly true. We aren't necessarily the product. He said what the product actually is, is gradual, slight, imperceptible change in behavior. Hmm. And it's like, huh. And that really got me thinking because it's like, how often do I just like reach for my phone and have to, you know, aimlessly scroll through Facebook and Mm -hmm. see what's going on in the world? And I never really thought about the fact that like that was – a change in behavior like before all this technology like that was never something that I did because it's just not something that we had and I never really thought about that that that's what they're really selling not necessarily us but that change in behavior is the product and it was a really interesting idea and it stuck out to me well, it, yeah, and it's even more so it, it's that that over time. Mm-hmm. Right. And be, because it's not immediate, we don't notice it. It's like that um, the story of like the frog in, in boiling water. Yes. Uh-huh. Right. It, it's like it'll jump. It'll immediately jump out if, you know, if you dropped a frog in boiling water. But if you put the frog in the water and you slowly, slowly, slowly increase the heat, it's never going to notice. Gradual, slight, imperceptible change that you don't notice. And I even I even think about it like just being in the shower and how I'm like just constantly nudging the water up a little bit hotter until the water that was yeah. too hot when I first got in is actually comfortable. <laughs> like it's the same thing. Yeah, it's like what become what becomes the norm. Mm-hmm. And right. and because it's a, it's slow and it's gradual, most people aren't going to notice the change mm-hmm. until somebody says, "Hey, you know why are you doing this thing?" 
Or we watch something like The Social Dilemma and we go, well, wait a minute. Even while I was watching, around me, what I have sitting is a computer in front of me that's attached to my notifications for Facebook and Instagram. I have my iPad over here that's also showing me Facebook, Instagram, YouTube information, and my phone is also going off as well, which I thought was really fascinating because my phone's going off, my iPad's going off, my computer's going off. So all these notifications while we're watching this is all going off. So I know people, one, are trying to get in contact with me, right, in my head. We actually just put a post out. Um, So I know there's likes and there's shares and, like, there's stuff happening online. Like, I am – it's, like, running in the background of my mind. Mm -hmm. So obviously while I'm watching this, I, though, consciously made the decision to turn my iPad away so I can't see it. I muted – I actually put my Do Not Disturb on my phone, my favorite feature, by the way. You should – 100% 100% utilize that it is to wonderful. disconnect <laughs> because you can put people that like your your parents, your friends, your family who may need to call you for an emergency, they you can put them on their the call list so it gets through, which that's what I have. So if anyone actually needs me, they can give me a call. But it's like I was like, "Oh my god." Like I remember an age and I know mom of course does, but me and Len, we were both born in I think what Len, you're 91 of 90. Mm-hmm. So we're we're we were, you know, born before we had iPhones, before touch screens existed, before the internet was a popular thing. So like we at least have like some understanding of what it was like before like all this this media, the social media and this technology came about because I can look at myself going, I really want to check those those likes coming through. Like I could feel it as or to- as I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you got to realize too that what happens is it's that um, it's that dopamine hit, right. that reward system, you know, in our brain, and that's that's what those messages coming in or those likes coming in or uh, text messages or whatever it's like that instant hit of dopamine which of course is addictive they like me they really like me but it's so superficial too Mm -hmm. like that's the danger of all this that there's such a shallowness to those dopamine hits because i know it within the actual Within the documentary that we are watching, they did actually talk about how dopamine actually is released when we have natural human interactions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but they have hijacked that natural order. Yes. And then are abusing that now within the social media online sphere. So YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, um, Parlor, even all, all of them. Yeah. So I'm pregnant right now. And there are so many people who are just like, are you going to make an announcement on Facebook? And I've literally, like, it's almost like if it's not on Facebook, it's not real for people. And it's like, well, I mean, the people who matter know. And I've been thinking a lot about whether or not I want to, like, when the baby's born, do I actually want to put Mm -hmm. my baby's picture on the internet? Because in... In The Social Dilemma, they were talking about the fact that the Gen Gen Z really got on 
social media in middle school. And I'm, I'm really thinking about it that like a lot of the people who I know have children, their children have literally been on Facebook, Instagram since the day they were born. And that's something that like I'm really considering. Like on one hand, I do want to be able to easily share pictures of my ch- of my child with um, friends and family who are far away because I have a lot of them. Everybody's scattered to the wind and it's a pandemic. But on the other hand, do I really want my child to spend their ent- have their entire life be chronicled on the internet? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Documented, well, right. on, you know, the first step or the, you know, mm-hmm. well, any, any of it. How would I... Like what, like how I'm thinking about it is how would I feel if every single moment of my childhood was on the internet for everybody to see? It's a really weird concept because of course, I'm sure Len, you, you probably got on social media, probably in middle school too, but that was like Zanga and Mm -hmm. like MySpace. Um, You know, I was on a lot of art sites and stuff, but it was like you weren't attached like you Mm -hmm. weren't like you had to like actually go to your computer after you got home from school to see if there was anything there it wasn't like this instant thing either and it was like I I, that's just such a good question about like how do we handle our kids lives because how I grew up was so different. Like we had a family computer, you know, my mom like was pretty like, I would say, you know, she watched what we did. Like she paid attention to those things. Um, obviously mom can speak to this, like the way she thought of how you, mama Lisa thinks about it. Cause like, it was just such a different experience. Like I got my phone when I was what? 15, I think. 13 but it was like a little tiny blue nokia you know it's it's completely different Mm -hmm. and like all those questions are so valid because of how many kids are like online um you know even in this they were talking about how you know they had been talking about how you know depression and anxiety for like teens had like drastically increased from 2011 to 2013 and also from 2009 and up like suicide rates went up for teenagers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are like serious questions. Well, they are, and and like when you when you and your brother were were young, one of the things one of the things that I wanted to do was um, keep that technology so that it wasn't in your hands all the time. Right. Because that was a concern. Like you guys were the, you know, you didn't have it when you were born. It was something that that was just kind of coming in into it was just becoming mainstream. So like you said, we had that family computer mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I think it was like 2004. So you were 14. Yeah. Um, and we got you a laptop and Eric a desktop mm-hmm. and that summer. Cause this was, I think in the spring that summer was the first summer you guys didn't go outside and play anymore. 
Yep. Yeah. That I mean, that's also, I would have to say, one, my health also declined. Like, I gained a lot of weight, actually, that year. I very vividly remember that. Um, of course, I'm a teenager. I'm super, you know, you're aware of all that, you know, you want everyone to like you and you want to be popular. It's a, the teenager thing, like we talked about last episode. It's just what happens, right? You know, you're immersed in those feelings. And, you know, I, I distinctly remember that shift. You know, that's when I got more depressed too, you know, more anxious. I didn't talk to my friends as much you know, went, I mean, like physically met with them kind of thing. It's such like a weird, because I remember the shift too. Yeah. And, I, and your brother was younger. So it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, so much that you were a teenager. I mean, I'm sure that was in the mix, but sure. it was a drastic, it was a drastic change where I literally had to like, you know, drag like, us away, drag you away. And it's like, would you just please go outside? Cause we lived in a beautiful area yeah. um you know and it was like go outside you know get some fresh air for god's sakes um but yeah that was that was a very drastic difference when those um you actually got your own computer and that right. wasn't even that wasn't even cell phones because no like the smartphones didn't exist yet no. Yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah. We just had like, you know, the little, you couldn't get on the internet or anything with them. You know, that was just text um, back then for sure. Oh my God, Brie. Do you remember if you ever accidentally hit to get on the internet on like the really <sighs> old school phones and you had to like repeatedly like click oh back so, God, that, the so panic. that you, the panic. <laughs> The oh, panic the about panic getting on the happened. internet. Oh my god! Because <laughs> it was like so expensive, and you would have been like overcharged. It would be like it was like what was it like a cents a second? It was something ridiculous. I don't, I don't know. know. It, it was very archaic. Um, yes, but and and speaking of that, that was one of the interesting things too. That was in the social dilemma, was how how technology grew exponentially mm-hmm. within like a thirty year period. And I can even, I even can mark that too, because my first computer had fucking megabytes, not gigabytes <laughs> on the hard yeah. drive. It was megabytes. Okay. And that was 1996. I mean, I've been alive for 30 years. <laughs> right. To watch the explosion of technology, which I, I'm, I'm, a, 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 I'm, a, I'm a geek when it comes to that. Love it. Love technology. And to see how the amazing things that have happened. And one of the points that was made in the documentary was technology has grown exponentially, but the human mind has not. Mm -hmm. So there's there's this divide between that that growth of technology and especially AI and we're still walking around with the same brains and how they have leveraged how our brain works to be able to manipulate and basically to make money. Well, right. What they had, what they had started talking about, it was like, you know, everyone fears that like assimilation asked that, 
scenario like the the terminator right like we fear like the matrix terminator thing like tech taking over us like physically taking over us but really what tech has overwhelmed is actually human weaknesses already mm-hmm. so oh, yeah. like it, a, addiction yes. polarization radicalization vanity etc which tristan harris had actually he had, he had said that and when he said that i was like holy shit yeah i was like okay yeah, that's exactly what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what we're, I mean, we're, that we're literally watching it happen. That's what we watched happen for the election last year in 2020. I can't remember if we had the conversation on the podcast or if it was a conversation that we had between us at another <laughs> time because they kind of mix yeah. together sometimes. They do. But we talked about, how when you get a package like in the mail from Amazon, there's like this dopamine hit when you open the package up, right? It's the same mm-hmm. one you get Christmas morning when you're opening up your presents. It's that dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. And I remember very, very vividly the dopamine hit of logging onto AOL and hearing that you got mail. <laughs> right? But it wasn't a constant dopamine hit. It was only like, you know, once a day. If you were lucky, sometimes you're going five days without an email from anyone because email wasn't as big of a thing at that point. And, you know, I was a kid, so who was really emailing me? But (laughs) just that, like, you go in and you hear that and it's like, you got mail. And it's like, someone's emailing me. How wonderful. Now I got 3,000 freaking emails in my inbox that I never opened (laughs) and I need to... (laughs) Exactly. And and to put more of a finer point on that, the idea of that dopamine hit, like Mm -hmm. with the packages, Mm -hmm. it wasn't the actual package, what you actually got. It was knowing that it was delivered and it it was having it in your hands. Mm -hmm. It was that instant gratification. It's the same thing you're talking about with the AOL. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about the message. Mm Mm-mm. It it was this, it was actually that sound, right? Like when that light comes in on Facebook, it it's that moment in time that triggers the dopamine. It's not what comes after. No, it that's a um. There was a um an experiment. It was with um. Uh, uh, I, I can't remember where I heard it. Honestly, maybe Len, you'll be able to find this information for them. But it was an experiment with dogs. And it was um, about ringing a bell for food. And what they found was if they ring a bell and they get food, what happens, though, when they ring the bell and there's no food, the dog still salivates. Pavlov's dog. Yes. That's it. Yes. Yes. Pav- yes. <laughs> I was like, I know I know the name Pavlov. of this. <laughs> I know. I, I was like, I know they know this. I just like, I don't Pavlov know. Pavlov had the dog. <clears throat> Schrodinger had the cat. Right. Yes. Same. I, yes. <laughs> Schrodinger that's actually really funny (laughs) that's a whole another conversation whole another conversation (laughs) (laughs) um but yes yeah it was the bell that triggered Mm -hmm. that actually triggered the reaction same thing here and that's what's addictive Mm -hmm. right and simon sinek does an excellent um an excellent video where he talks about millennials and the and he goes into this in very very detailed 
uh, about that instant gratification and that dopamine hit and, um, and basically he talks about what we can do to overcome that addiction, you know, with, with the cell phones and it's really fascinating. Um, we can, we can, um, post the link to it. Highly recommend watching it because it really gives you that, uh, in-depth, uh, psychological and scientific explanation. But the other part of this too, and this was mentioned in the documentary is, uh, and, and they use the movie matrix. How do you get out of the matrix if you don't even know you're in it? Which I, I was just like, exactly. Like if you don't realize that you're being manipulated, you don't realize why those things are showing up in your newsfeed. Um, how do you know what's real and what isn't? You know, we just went through all of this with the election mm-hmm. and with the radicalization the and QAnon yes, and all of it. How do you know what's actually real? And and, and th- this is probably a whole other conversation you know, that we could probably do. Yeah, because that's um, a big conversation. Yes, and it's a fascinating conver- conversation. But yes, how do you get out of the matrix if you don't even know you're in it? And that's that's where I think really the, the change has to occur. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and Brie, you work in advertising, I work in marketing. So we yeah. understand a lot of that... Um, well, it's actually called it's subliminal messaging, and it's like how do you get people's attention? It's very yeah. similar because yeah, it's all about it, controlling behavior, buying behavior, for example. Yes, it's like the the value what these companies. Well, we're talking social media, um, and tech companies. They put that value on your attention. Mm-hmm. That's where the value lives for them. That's where they make their money. Is is yep. grabbing your attention. So what if what if you can become aware of what they're doing and you can hijack that so that you now have control? Right. So you're not a you're not like a, a zombie in the system. You're able to wake up from it and be like, "Holy crap! Look at that! They want me to click that, huh?" Right. And then, then you can actually harness that technology. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you, you can basically beat them at their own game, which which is a whole other place where you can actually do some good with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually um, AOC had actually talked a little bit about this in her videos after the uh, January 6th attack on the Capitol, you know, she talked about that, you know, there are politicians out there who don't understand how social media works and they abuse the power that they have. And AOC's like, I am extremely deliberate in how I use social media. Mm-hmm. She's like, there's nothing mm-hmm. flippant about how she uses it because it's like she understands one, that office she holds, which is something we've talked about before, mm-hmm. right? You have yep. those people in power. And then you have this absolutely behemoth of technology 
that is like it could be literally weaponized which it has been and is being weaponized in other countries like uh Myanmar am I saying that right Myanmar yeah yeah the country yeah. formerly known as Burma that yeah one. I didn't did not <laughs> Bur- I, I remember the other one but yeah. when I heard the new name I was like what but it's like this is like it's seriously like I mean they have control basically and they just manipulate you if you're not paying attention to what it is they're doing well yeah didn't the woman who was talking about it uh in the social dilemma um she said when you go buy your cell phone there they the people you're buying it from actually load facebook and create an account for you so that's what most people most people that's the only thing they know how to use Mm -hmm. so they literally set it up from the beginning that that is such a crazy thing because I mean realistically what's happening and we're I mean because we're watching this all over like dictatorships coming up and the dismantling of democracy we saw the attack on democracy in our own country mm-hmm. and it all like ladders up to social media and just the abuse I would call it abuse of power at the end of the yes. day mm-hmm. it's like they did they, they they created this absolutely fascinating wonderful mystical fan fantastic piece of technology but there was no consideration for the other side of the coin in which it can be damaging and destructive to society mm-hmm. well and and i believe anything anything that has that kind of power mm-hmm. um there is always going to be there is always going to be both sides Right. Like government. Think, I don't you can have you a dictatorship can. or yes. democracy. Yes. You, you can't have something like AI and and not understand that there's a, a dark side to it. Yeah. But it's like, what do you do then? Like, okay, they didn't think it through. Right. All right. Well, then what do we do from here? I mean, I think it's arming ourselves with facts and communicating with people that don't agree with us, like actually checking what it is you're reading online with people who see things differently than you mm-hmm. and talking to multiple people and constantly checking. That's like how I see it. Cause you know, obviously who's obligated to fix this problem? Well, it's the tech companies, right? Like right, the people who developed it. Yes. They, mm-hmm. ha- they are the ones that have that obligation. Yes. Right. They created they, that. They, yes. Exactly. So they are the ones who are accountable for those things. And they're the ones who are going to have to fix that. But in the meantime, we can empower ourselves with knowledge and information and making sure that we actually understand what the algorithms are doing, what these advertisers are doing, you know, how the whole structure works. And I think the social dilemma as a documentary works really well to at least begin that conversation for people. Yes. Right. Right. It's pull, it's pulling the covers back and uh, really showing what these companies do by collecting all of this data on you and yeah. where they've where they've exploited how our minds work mm-hmm. and literally using the psychology to make money. So one highly recommend watching the social dilemma be great you know have started discussion on it and yep. there's 
there is a lot of information out there where you can begin to spot, you know, how, how to know what's going on and how to actually see what's going on. So you can, you can begin to kind of pedal back, um, and take control of what it is that you do on social media. Brie, you asked the question of how, how do we get out of the matrix if we don't even know we're in the matrix? And it's like, well, the only way out of the trap is through the trap. Like you said, like talk to people, talk to people who don't agree with you and constantly check and see what other realities there are other than your own or the reality that someone's trying to feed you. If you liked what you heard, please take a few minutes to go to iTunes to rate and review us. This really helps our podcast visibility and it helps us to grow as well. Also, besides the fact that we do love to hear from you guys. As far as seeing more of our content, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The3Podcasts as well as on our website, the3podcast.com, where you can find blogs, resources, and episode transcripts. Until next time, The Three Podcasts, out.